What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, as always, I want to have you for your host, Sherm. Got my boy Obed in the building. What's going on with you, homie? Happy Sunday morning. Happy Conference Day Championship. To you. Conference Championship Day to you. <laughs> What's going on? Hi, Bob. I had to. I'm, I'm not at home right now, so you guys can't see that. Like, I'm at a remote location, but I got my. I just wanted to have a little delay there, like I was <laughs> Obed on the scene. We're doing great, Bob. How's it going over there, Sherm? <laughs> We're good. We're good. I, I, I hear you're loud and clear. Loud Are we clear. live? Are we live? Okay. <laughs> He's at a little beds at a discreet location, ladies and gentlemen. So um, yeah. G4, G14 yeah. classified. No, sneeze, no snitching. G14 classified, guys. G14 classified. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no. Happy conference championship day to you too, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, good weekend out here in uh, sunny Florida. I don't know how it is out in D.C., but you know, um, we're here. We're grinding. It is, uh, it's absolutely horrible outside. It's a little colder <laughs> than it's supposed to be. No human being should have to live through this. I am terrified. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sounds um, about right. Yeah, we're going to get into our usual NFL discussion, of course, as you know, it is conference championship day here. Uh, we'll talk about last week's divisional round matchups, of course. But before we get to that, a couple of basketball things I wanted to bring up quickly. Uh, for one, is not really a game or anything like that. Kind of a prank gone wrong, if you if you will. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the Duquesne Loyola Chicago matchup the other day. Uh, apparently, some a kid tried to deliver food as a prank, like over each prank while the game was in session. He actually walked onto the court. Um, I don't know, man. These social, this whole social media nonsense is just getting out of hand. Like literally, the, you can see the kid just w- literally walking on the court while the game is going on, like trying to like deliver some McDonald's, something like that. First of all, yeah. it's like, dude, it's like, why? Like, why is this necessary? It was clearly a prank. They even said like the kid was mic'd up. He had a bunch of students like recording him, so we, it wasn't like a real. No one actually ordered food from their like courtside right, seat, right, right. you know. Just buzzing, just yeah. But it's just like, come on, is this all this? Is this really necessary? I feel like kids are just doing too much just, just for uh, for clout go, these days. Guys, go to go to college and get your degree, and and please don't cause an incident. You could have, he could have bumped into a player moving at high speed. That player could have torn their ACL, and their basketball career could have been stymied. You know, I mean, heaven forbid, this makes me think that security is so lax. Imagine if kid had had a bomb. Imagine if kid had had a weapon on him. He just walks on the court. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. why? Why did this kid have access? That was the biggest thing they were saying. How um, Duquesne officials were saying that because how did he get access to the court so easily? So they they said they've kind of strengthened their protocols and security since then. But yeah, it was like, dude, just walk down like, he he literally, he literally could have had a gun on. He could have, he, who knows what could, he was on national television. Do you think people want to watch somebody get injured on national television? Like, yo, the jokes, it's not funny. And this is, this is another thing. Today's kids aren't funny. Yeah. They they be like, "Hey, we're gonna prank this guy. Let's tell him that his sister died, and let's see what happens." Like, what <laughs> the actually, f is like, wrong no, with you? No. Right? What is wrong with what? you, <laughs> dude? I I've seen. I don't know if you've seen these other pranks. These people, these kids, they do in the stores and like Home Depot or Target. Like they just go around, like they just mess with people, like while they're right. shopping and things like right, that. Right, right. And next thing you know, you wonder why they're getting clocked or getting like right. laid out in this store. Like, dude, one like, guy got wrong? strung up because he acts like he's on his cell phone and he says wild things to people and mm. i guess the young lady was like what did you say to me didn't recognize her boyfriend who was twice the size of this guy was down there and literally mm. strung him up like a ragdoll mm. like is it is the clout worth it yeah i saw one video where a guy was walking up the pranker the prankster 
was going up an escalator, said something to a chick who was coming down with her man, and the dude, her man, yoked this dude over the other side of the escalator. Yeah. And pulled him down. Yeah. He's like, yo, yo, it's like, oh, my bad, my bad. It's a prank, it's a prank, it's a prank. Like, is it going to be a prank when I break your face? It's not going to be a prank. Facts. Right. Facts. Like, you don't know what, what did we learn growing up? You don't know what people are going through. Give people the, the mm. grace to not screw with them because you don't know what people go through. Yeah, and you don't know what people are capable of, especially when you got like, all these MMA cats out here and stuff like that. What? What? <laughs> that guy might spend six hours a week in a bajillion jujitsu gym. Are you trying Yo. to get hemmed up? I'm not yeah. trying to get put in a figure four leg lock. I'm not trying to get the cripple across face. Dude, I'm saying, dude, you never know. Some dude can just come out and stone cold stun you right right quick. Oh, and, my, like, goodness. Be over. oh my goodness. Yeah. I did just watch a, a couple of highlight clips of, of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunning a bunch of people. I would still say that when he Classic. came in with the with the Budweiser beer truck and sprayed down the rock and all them clowns <laughs> in the ring was absolutely fantastic. It's a level of wrestling that you guys have no idea about. But no, I tell you, you, I tell you where there's more wrestling going on these days: NBA basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, yo, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the way these guys play, so you know, I. I I didn't catch all of the Lakers uh, Celtics game. Unfortunately, the Lakers lost to the Celtics in overtime. Uh, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Sherman put me on to the lack of calls going on there. I think it was it was it a free for all out there. I mean, it's crazy because I feel like, well, it's it's odd because we always talked about how the, how the NBA, how the game is different from what it was back in the 80s and 90s, where you allowed right. to just straight up clothesline people right. and get away with it. Now it's like almost if you if you whisper in some dude's ear, you're getting called for a technical. You know what Get I mean? that Lance Stevenson. You know, facts. Right? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but um, it's interesting in this Lakers-Celtics game from yesterday, uh, it was a good game. LeBron went off for 41 in the overtime loss. Um at the end of regulation, LeBron goes for a layup, gets clearly gets fouled on the left arm by Jason Tatum. There's no call. No, LeBron is livid. He goes off, rightfully so, because it was a foul. If you look at the replay, very clear. Um, Patrick Beverly even tried to show the referee a, a photo, a photo finish of it by grabbing the photographer's camera, right. which is amazing. Oh, Seabiscuit ass. But he got he got a technical for it, but which is another thing that's ridiculous. But uh it's interesting, like. Do you feel it, referees who miss calls, whether it be the NBA, whether it be the NFL, whatever the case may be, is do you feel like they should be held accountable too? Because now there are actually reports that come out, even after NFL games too, with how many calls that are missed by an official or referee. And it's just like, come on, man. Like these refs, especially the NBA now, it's like they're just, they're, they call nonsense and then they don't call the ones that actually should be called. I would agree with you. And I think that is part of the way that they want to control the game. And then now, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've never been a huge basketball head. I showed up to the U S in the nineties and I got to experience the craze of the, of the Chicago bulls and, you know, the bad boy that the Pistons of that era trying to stop them and the, you know, New York right. Knicks and those. So mm -hmm. I watched a different kind of game and today's game is completely different to that. And I would mm -hmm. say that today's game is based around scoring points to get the fans excited so that individuals want to watch the game. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if people are familiar, uh, with a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Rick Barry. Yes, yes. Former NBA player, but Rick Barry actually had an amazing soundbite where the I can't, Sherman, to your question, I can't get mad at the refs for the way they call the game. And I can't get mad at the players for the way they play the game because it's the league. 
that the league has not sent down a decree to go back to using the rule book and the and the rule book that they had from one of the best NBA eras, right? The nineties mm-hmm. and more forcing the kids to adjust. So, you know, Rick Barry, very famed Rick Barry, uh, NFL player from the 90s. Uh, basically, NBA player. NBA, NBA player. player. NBA from player the, the 90s. No, from the 70s, I think it was. Really? His, son, his son, Brett Barry, was ah, in the 90s. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. That his the, son, the Brett Barry. Family. Yeah. Hello, Barry. Won the dunk contest. I think it was 96. I'm kind of sure. Dunk yeah. from the free throw line a couple of times with the with the warm-up jacket on. I remember yeah. that from Brett Barry. Ooh, yep. Very nice. Good pull. Good pull. Uh, but so, mm. so Rick Barry. Uh, makes a statement where you know they need to start calling the damn game you're giving too much of an advantage to the players when you allow them to take an extra step you allow them to carry you allow them to travel he said he charted a uh, Chicago Atlanta game where there were 59 moving screens (laughs) <laughs> 59 moving screens and no one said anything he's like as a player you're gonna let me get away with it absolutely if you want these guys to go he's like these guys are great athletes but what they've done to the game is disgusting and it's the gather step there there were times and one of the reasons i hate lebron is there were times where i would watch lebron go for a layup he doesn't release the ball until he lands on the ground i don't i don't mm. understand how that mm. how it's like oh no i had a gather step and then i go for a very late layup and i'm like you that's three steps. That's a travel. There, there's Dude, a, this, I, the gather. Remember, yeah. Even the Euro step has a ball. That wasn't a thing back in the nineties either. It, it wasn't, that. but the Euro step at least follows the criteria. It is two steps. It mm. is two steps. The NBA game. You get, you put your plant foot down and you raise your plant foot. It's a travel. It's that's, that's what it is. And I, I can't remember. There's a guy who just recently started to get some popularity because what he yeah, does, he talking. takes the tapes. So as we talked about last week, yeah, and he yeah, says, yeah. Hey, look at these and these items. Like I, I, and I disagree with Barry. He says it's the refs and I can understand where you're coming from. But should the refs get penalized? I think it's the league. The league yeah. needs to say, set the standard. The league has set the standard and allow these guys that at one point the league allowed, uh, uh, James Harden to take a step back three where he literally took three steps. <laughs> he rode that three-step step back three to an MVP. 
And then a few years later, they outlawed a three-step MVP. So three-step three-pointer. So mm -hmm. hold on, hold on. You allow him to ride an illegal maneuver all the way to MVP trophy. And then you take it out of the game. Why don't we take back his MVP trophy? Because every mm. shot he did was illegal. Right, right, right. So yeah. it, it, the game is definitely, well, no, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. Though, but yeah. The game has definitely changed. There's, the rules are just so much lax, lax now. Al. There's travels, there's carries like left and right. 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 Um, you know what I mean? But again, like I said, it's different where, and it's more of a scoring league than ever before. You know, it's not really these big defensive match. Cause no, obviously because now you got, Guys you have no three, hand checking, you know, but you also have guys shooting three pointers from the logo now, from half court and stuff right. like that. You even have big men. Look at Joel Embiid. I was talking, we were talking about it off air Ooh, in yesterday's matchup with the Nuggets, which was which was a great great game. Jokic is nice, son. He had a great first half, kind of slowed down the second half. Joel Embiid won that matchup, but 76 did win. But literally, Joel Embiid is taking a step back three pointers. I was watching this game. I'm like, he's hitting. I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is this is the big man now these days with the Jokic, you know, being able to pass the rock and getting, you know, a number of right. numerous assists. The evolution of that player. Right. It's not the same, you know, five spot, that center spot like you saw with Shaq and David Robinson right. and right. Patrick Ewing and those. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, this. You know, you didn't you don't have that as much. Now the game has developed, but you've got guys shooting from everywhere, you know. Right. You, uh, you, uh, again, I think there's that goes hand in hand with the evolution of players. Gilbert Arenas talked about this that people say certain players today couldn't play in the 90s. Players in the 90s have never seen movement like this. Players mm -hmm. in the 90s never played against a Joel Embiid, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, and <clears throat> an Anthony Davis whenever he is actually healthy. Uh but <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but I, I just, a part of me thinks that that evolution of guys being able to shoot from anywhere is because there is no hand checking now. The propensity for a shot to be higher or lower percentage of the uh, uh, ability to be completed mm -hmm. probably went through the roof. Uh, I, I heard a stat from a friend of mine where, you know, the highest scoring team averaged 108 points a game in like the 90s. The worst team in the league this year averages almost 110 points a game. <laughs> you know, what is that? Why, just, why am I watching like, two like bottom it. tier, you know, the, the Charlotte Bobcats uh, and the Pelicans, and the game is almost at 150 oh, points. Who said the Bobcats? Wow, throwback. Now they went back to the Hornets. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, no, I get it, though. But like I said, it's the three ball, man. That has progressed. Like, Guys like Steph Curry has changed the game. Everyone wants to sit here and shoot threes now all day long. He needs hand checks. Somebody need to be hand checking him. Do you you let those guys wet it up too much? Like the removal of hand checking from the NBA game mm. gave us. We went from uh, Tim Hardaway uh, and you know Alan uh, David Robinson as the MVP of the league to Steve Nash, who all he did was score. There was no hand checking, and he never played defense. Mm. Well, Steve Nash did distribute the ball quite a bit, I will say, you know. But he's still ain't playing no defense. <laughs> yeah, well, the son, well, Mike D'Antoni when Phoenix didn't coach defense, so Man, that was, that any, was the difference. Any team that Steve Nash was the was the point guard for, they always gave up a hundred points. And go back to them. Uh, uh, what's it called? Our Mavericks teams, uh, all back to the Suns mm -hmm. teams. Like, he, yeah, dude ain't playing no defense. <laughs> uh, let's keep it going, old bet. Let's get into right. our uh NFL discussion here. That's gonna going to do a quick recap of the divisional round matchups from last week. 
talk about some recent uh, some coaching moves in around the league and then get into the conference championship game. So first up on the slate, we're going to let's review the Jacksonville KC game from last week in the divisional round. KC Wowzers. won that game 27 to 20. That game was closer than I thought it would be, albeit yeah. because Patrick Mahomes did get hurt, injure his ankle in the first quarter. Um, yeah, high, able- ankle sprain, I think, high ankle sprain. Just yeah, for, ankle just, for uh, just for America's edification, whenever a person has a high ankle sprain, that's a knee injury. That's not an ankle injury. High oh, ankle yeah. sprain. High ankle sprain hurts your knee so bad. Like you're generally sometimes your ankle can be fine during a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it the high ankle. It don't make no sense. It's your <laughs> knee. You, you had an aggressive uh, pull on an inside ligament on your knee, and it hurts in your knee anytime you walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, when you it's, watch. It's... Uh, Patrick Mahomes through this game kind of like standing there like a statue trying to like sidearm passes it's because his knee is probably hurting so bad at that point oh yeah so he was definitely hobbling Chad Henney actually came in the game for the Chiefs a little bit did throw right. a touchdown pass which, which mm-hmm. was cool so right. he was effective with the with the ball the time that he was in right um but Mahomes came back he gutted it out you know um he should be playing this week uh, today so no problem there right but it was a, it was definitely a good one I mean I'm just curious how much that ankle will affect Patrick Mahomes going in today into today's matchup you know is that a big concern for the Chiefs it's a good question I mean I just I don't think the Bengals defense is going to tee off. Obviously they gave issues to excuse me, uh, Josh Allen and company, but the, the uh, Bengals defense should be able to be had. And if there's somebody who can figure it out, it's a very dynamic offense uh, of the chiefs. Now I will say the majority of the playmakers are on the Bengals side, but I, I don't, I'm not going to sleep on the chiefs, but again, we're talking about the Jaguars was the chiefs game. I, I want right, to you know right. tip my cap to, Doug Pedersen and what he was able to accomplish with mm-hmm. this bottom tier, what three and 14 team last year. Um, you know, two I think, games even last year or something. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, Sherman for, for this kind of turnaround, like, should we expect this to be the new Jags or the Jags going to be back in the same position next week? Yeah. I, I really do feel like they will, man. Um, yeah, you were right. They did win three games last year, but um, yeah. They've got a decent squad. I mean, I think they need to get a little more help on the offensive side of the football for um, uh, for Trevor Lawrence. I, I think uh, it's coming when you bring Calvin Ridley back from a one-year suspension for gambling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is is he going to be a, a, he's going to be available for them for the Jaguars? He is going okay. to be available for them. He's already been traded from the uh, the uh, Falcons to, to the uh, to the Jaguars. So hey, yeah. guys, fantasy football guys out there, people are going to forget that he's just going to be sitting there in the fourth or fifth or sixth round. So if you guys are looking mm. for a stud wide receiver three and you've gone very heavy on running back, go get Calvin Ridley. Okay, um, I like Evan Ingram there at the tight end spot, but I think they need to, oh like God, I said. Yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne is definitely looking like he is that dude. You know, he, you know, obviously he missed his entire rookie season with that torn ACL and he mm-hmm. suffered in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so he missed out of all, all of last year um, coming out of Clemson with, Tre- with Trevor Lawrence, mind you. I thought he had like a Liz Frank injury. I thought it was a foot injury. Was it a foot injury? I thought it was yeah, an ACL. Okay. That was a Liz okay. Frank injury. I think he okay. Like yeah. But yeah, I mean, def- defensively, you know, um, I think they've got to get a little bit better there. I know they drafted Trayvon Walker out, out of Georgia last year. And Josh Allen, I think, out of not not the quarterback Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, the other the other Josh right, Allen, right. the other <laughs> Josh Allen, yeah, from from Kentucky a couple of years before that, the Josh Allen um, who intercepted the Josh Allen uh, last yeah. year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Um, so I mean, I think in that, especially in the AFC South, um, the Colts ain't what they were. Um, the Texans are trash, as we know. 
Will they um, be once D'Amico Ryans is the head coach? We'll find out. They don't have any players. They have no quarterback. They have no receivers. They have no running back. You know, I'm I'm not so I'm you can give you can you can put Bill Parcells over there, Bill Belichick. Oh you gosh. Know, it doesn't matter. It the, the Texans are gonna are gonna be are gonna be terrible. They have no you have to be able to have some sort of talent. I mean, they've got Damian Pierce. They've got an offensive. This again, this is a team that nobody gave any salt to that had the uh, Eagles, who we feel like is a clear top team in the NFL, tied up 14 14 at half. Every, you know? Everybody can win a game once in a while, no matter who it against. You know, we've always seen, we've always seen, there's been plenty of upsets in history of sports. There have, there you, have. you know, the Colts can, did beat the Chiefs this year. Exactly. And the Colts right. are not a better team than the Chiefs. Yeah. The Col- Chiefs just played a play. Played a bad game. That's it. You know what I mean. I'll, so I will point to I will point to uh, the uh, the St. Louis Rams, who were the Rams at the time. These bottom tier teams always get high draft picks. Mm-hmm. All the the the, the uh, they moved the Rams. McNate McVay took over, and they won the division. Mm-hmm. It's it to me is it's because of such poor management. I mean, listen, you get the chance at top tier talent every year in the draft. You just don't have somebody coordinate them. Mm-hmm. Jeff uh, McVay took Jeff Fisher's eight and 18 perennial eight and 18 and went tw- and won and won 12 games, you know, four game swing is huge. Right. But, you know, I think there's a chance they might be, they might look a little different. They probably won't win one, many more games. And I don't think they'll be challenging the AFC South. I think the South now belongs to the Jaguars uh, as long as yeah. Patterson and company is there. Yeah, I think so as well too. Um, they're probably gonna. They're, I don't know. They may. There's rumor that they can go defense. They could go even go tight end. Um, yeah, it's apparently not not a good draft for offensive skill set players. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I think the Jags will. Jags will be around for the next couple of years. Like you mentioned, Doug Pedersen really turning that team around, which is, which is good for them. Um. Like I said, Trevor Lawrence looking like he is deserving was deserving of that of that number one overall pick from from a year right. ago. Uh. So yeah, right. it's um. It's, I feel like the AFC South is a Jaguar is a Jaguars for the taking, but as far as the Chiefs, you know, they played a, they played a good game. You know, being that they have a solid backup at Chad, Chad Henney coming in from Mahomes, which that that right. was great. Right. Um, Travis Kelsey went off getting getting fourteen catches for ninety eight yards and two scores. I went in um, doubt. Throw it to yeah, Travis. There you go, man. So yeah, the Chiefs basically did what the, what they normally do, and they can they control the game uh, mm-hmm. enough to win the you know enough to win. So yeah, that was a good one for sure. Um, the other the other Saturday game from last week was Philadelphia just destroying the New York Football Giants. Man, right. it was like it was just wasn't even close. Right. I think everyone going into this game felt that the Giants didn't really have a shot. Um, I don't know if everyone anyone predicted a, a 31 point victory, you know, by the Eagles, but we all I, knew it. I thought it was stirring. I thought it was stirring up. I'll give you my reasons in a bit. Okay. No, no, no. Feel for jumping here. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um you play a team three times in one year. Uh, and let's be honest here, you know, the, maybe the two early games were a little close, you know, but you have three tapes on them. And if you watched Minnesota and the, and the giants game, Dable went in his bag and showed everything that he had. And Daniel Jones played probably one of the best games he's ever played. Right. They didn't even mm-hmm. really need Saquon to get the W because Daniel Jones was doing everything. And he needed to do that to win the game because the Vikings can score a lot on offense. So he had to score too. He basically gave the Eagles his script for what he was going to do. They had every play. They knew mm-hmm. exactly what was coming. And they they executed their defense to perfection and executed their offense to perfection against this team that they had already seen two times before. You got three tapes. 
you have three tapes of progression to watch how they did things the first time you play, what they changed compared to other opponents. And then immediately the week before they played you, they showed all their special stuff. Like this is one of the easiest games of the year out of a very easy schedule the Eagles had, mm. but they got, they completed the job. They did the work. You know, it didn't take much on, in the air for Jalen Hurts to win because no. they just ran all over these guys uh, to the tune of 268 yards. I mean, it looked like, it looked like a college football game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. Obed. They, they control the clock, control the game with, with the running game. Um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell going for 112. Miles Sanders going for another 90. Hurts didn't even run that, 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 that much. He only got 34 yards on the ground for himself. Still had that but, tug. Still had that tug. Yeah. You know, for, you know you're right. You're right. Three but out yeah. of four running backs had a touchdown in that game. I mean, that's insane. Right. Um. Well, three, two, two running backs had a touchdown because you know, Hurts not a running back. Yeah. But three, running, mm-hmm. three, three yeah. rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I get what you're saying there. But yeah. yeah. But look at the other side of the ball. Saquon was running effectively. He had nine carries of 61 yards. That's 6.8 yards a carry. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Granted, the long one was for 39. Right, but right, still, right. I'm wondering why you could give him the ball more. But they got down They got down right. bad so early. So early gotta, they had to get a bail on the run. Right. So I get that. But, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's just the Giants lost to a better team. That's all it is. Yeah. That we all knew the Eagles were a better team. I think Vegas right. even knew the Eagles were a better team. Right. <laughs> you eight, know? Eight, negative eight. Come on. Line yeah, was you know, I'm wondering people are talking about Jalen Hurts now. You know, he obviously is a potential MVP candidate. We'll get into the award finalists later a little bit later on in the show here. Is he is he has he arisen to that status of an elite QB or he's just having a, a one really good year? Um, you know, we if we're if we're gonna have this conversation about him, maybe we need to have this conversation about uh Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson rolled off and I remember when he's when he cemented the MVP trophy when he hit a spin move running in the open field against the hopeless Bengals. Mm. You know, Lamar Jackson had these just smash spot games in that season that he won the MVP against teams like the the Houston Texans. Right, mm-hmm. really, he beat up on loser teams that year. Uh, made the playoffs, got bounced, still won his MVP. I don't know. Again, I from. Guys, I'm I'm a degenerate fantasy football analyst. I do a lot <laughs> of fantasy, and we were taught when this, the schedule is released. The schedule is released in like June, you know, May, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and analysts of the of the of the breaking down the rosters and the schedules then said this is one of the easiest schedules the Eagles will ever have. This could be a Super Bowl year for them. So all the smart money started drafting a combination of Jalen Hurts. And and AJ Brown, mm-hmm. knowing that these two guys could connect, they have a history, and they're playing against one of the softest schedules that the Eagles have had in a very long time. And so, you know, I, I if we say, hey, he had a great season, yes, he didn't do too bad last year, and now that he feels his confidence, we can say that he is on the cusp, right? Mm-hmm. Top five, dead or alive, right now. Mm-hmm. What happens next year? You know, that's yeah. Can he keep it going? Can you can you keep it going? Can you go out there and regardless of what happens this season, the next time they see you, they are concerned that Jalen Hurts is going to rush for, uh, you know, 50, 60 yards. Jalen Hurts is going to throw for 200, 300 yards and they're going to win clear two touchdowns. And if that continues on, because now he's got he's going to have a true first place schedule. And this is one thing that people never understood. Tom Brady used to play a true first place schedule and have to come out here and beat every single team at their top tier, he would lose a game 
to the the Chiefs, and then people would say the the dynasty is over, and then he'd go home in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? So that is if that's the criteria that we want to set for guys, that's where we need to go before we start calling them the goat. Patrick Mahomes is not the goat. Fine, five AFC Championship games. He rolls off two more Super Bowls in the next four years. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me not to put him at the top of the mountain. If Joe Burrow keeps beating these guys and they keep calling Arrowhead Burrowhead, <laughs> Joe Burrow is probably going to end up on the top of the mountain. But yeah. so I'm going to say, hey, he's on the cusp. He's doing all the right things right now. Let's see what happens next year. On the other side, I'm wondering if Daniel Jones is the long-term quarterback solution for the New York Giants. Also, even if Saquon Barkley is going to return because he's a free agent as well right. too. Wants 16 million a year. Doesn't want to reset the. Doesn't want to reset because Christian McCaffrey's Christian McCaffrey. making sixteen and sixteen and point five or something like that. And he was I think like, he. I think he said he's good with about thirteen or fourteen a year, okay. which I, I think th- is fair. I think they're trying to give him maybe twelve a year. I believe, I believe is what it is. Yeah, for, I think for, you got to come up on that. You got to come up on that now that he's healthy and what they're able to do, what he brings to the to the table for them. You know, but we'll see, right? Like if this contract is, I would, see, I could see a guaranteed three year, hundred million dollar. Uh, you know, supposed hundred million dollar, but actually comes out to be, you know, 45, 55 million total. I think that could be a, that could be a deal that gets done. What about Dan, for Daniel Jones? I mean, is, I think the franchise he, tag, I, but, but that's what I was going to say. Tag franchise tag, like 25, then, $28 million. But then you see what he's got in another year, because this has really been the one really solid year he's had since he's been right. in New York. He's able right. to get a place. So I don't think you want to commit to him just, just yet. Right. It wasn't right. like he exploded, you know, for 5,000 yards and 40 no, touchdowns no. and things like that. Oh, okay. Wow. This guy's the future yeah. word that, that happened with Mahomes. He came on the market and then bam, he took off. You know what I mean? Give me that half a billion. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But, so I, I think you kind of see where you're at with Daniel Jones, but you know what you have. I think I feel like, you know, what you have in Saquon Barkley when healthy right. everyone knows he's a stud so right. you, I feel like you can commit long term to Saquon but maybe like you said franchise you know Daniel Jones and see what he gives you one one more year yeah I would agree with that I mean I think you need to have an opportunity to truly evaluate like him taking part in the dabble system and being successful speaks volumes because that's the highest his passer rating has been He's got, this is, I think the lowest his interception has been, you know, he played well within the first year of running a system. Does he take a step forward next year to think, because mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, God, hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think that you can commit to a guy who just finally had a decent season, you know, knowing that this system seems to be able to protect and make quarterbacks look good. It made Josh Allen look good. And Josh Allen seems to be missing Dable a lot uh, when you look at what they've put together offensively. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. I, but I agree with you. I don't know if he's the quarterback of the future yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to assess. But And there is this isn't a good quarterback uh, draft. So, well, you know. You got, they, you got a couple couple guys at the top, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, but they don't know. have a shot of getting those guys. No, right, 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 right. Right, so, right. yeah, and a couple guys, a couple guys ain't making it. You're going to need, you're going to need a few dudes to be able to move around and, and like, draft down, draft up, trade away, right. see if That's you true. take a chance That's on true. a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so yeah. then, Sherman, I asked, you know, we talked about the numbers for Saquon Barkley. If you're kind of shaky at quarterback and you don't know what he's capable of, but you have a stud running back, do you pay him because you know I, you need him? I think it's, I think you have to. I think I think I think they and I think they do pay him. I think he wants to be in New York. Um, 
like I said, they've had a solid yeah. year with Brian Dable at the head coach, really turned that program around. Um, right. I think you you think you can't lose a guy like Saquon Barkley. The, remember, running backs are not a dime a dozen like they used to be back in the day. You right. know, right. especially a guy like this who can do it from both sides, where running running through the through the trenches and also catching passes out of the backfield, almost like a Christian McCaffrey, right. but he's bigger and stronger than Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, Maybe not as fast, but stronger. But uh, yeah, I think you pay him and keep him around for sure. 100%. Yep. Um, the other matchups, Obed, uh, from last Sunday, I wanted to talk about, of course, who one matchup don't really, you know, personally want to talk about myself, <laughs> you know, is the yeah. uh, Buffalo Cincinnati game. You know, my bills came up short once Gosh, again, man. man. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. To me, this looked like and everyone and anyone who watched the game saw the saw the conditions uh, it started snowing it was snowing pretty much throughout the entire game i think they said it started snowing about 2 p.m eastern when the game started at three in my eyes in my opinion the buffalo bills had a strategy when they saw that it was snowing they said oh what oh no let's change up what we want to do because the weather will uh, the conditions will affect our gameplay both offensively more so defensively and that's what, and they changed their 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 strategy. The Bengals said we're going to do exactly what we want to do, and the Bills never adjusted to it. They were playing this soft two shell cover zone cover defense, and Joe Burrow was just literally just popping and dropping the entire game, taking advantage of it. Yeah. They were getting no push on the on the from the defensive front. The Bengals' offensive line looks like a bunch of studs with three backups in there, which was absolutely ridiculous. Oh my yes, I'm telling you, man. Yo, I'm I'm real, real man. And in this and I, this goes back to even what I said before. This is where another reason why you miss a guy like Von Miller being able to get that rush on the on the uh off on the on the QB, excuse me. Um, but you know, the DBs were out of place, linebackers shading over to one side when they, when they don't need to be, um, safeties dropping down. You got a Bengals guys guys going over the top like Hayden Hurst, but you let him run right past them, right. and it just did not make sense to me. I honestly feel the bills adjusted when they saw the weather and they just and they just left it on they didn't make any mid game adjustments at all that's what that's what i think it could happen and i don't understand it why and the Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals did exactly what they wanted to from jump street and they just handled business you know and yeah. look at this game 27 to 10 man and you know you get one score in buffalo like come on and you're at home you think you really i really would have thought buffalo would have won this game being that it was especially when it was at home yeah, you know, Demar Hamlin was even in the building. Great to see him out there. Right, right. You know, although you couldn't really see him. Rematch game. Yeah, right, but yeah. still, the emotional right. game and everything. And you know, you have no run game. We all, which we all know. I think I already told you before. I'm not sold on Devin Singletary. Yeah. You have no sort of run game. Meanwhile, Joe Mixon and the they're running all over the Bills, especially in clock killing mode at the end. You know, I mean, it's it's goodness gracious. Joe Burrow had six runs for 31 yards. You know, he ran for 21 yards on one of them. I. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Devin Singletary had six runs for 25 yards. How does the opposing quarterback have more? But I digress. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. You know, a part of me is that Buffalo's Buffalo's attack, I don't know who's coordinating Buffalo's offense now, but that individual does not care for the run game in the way that Brian Dable did because Brian Ken, Dable. Ken Dorsey is the, is the OC. Ken, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey from University of Miami fame, mm. you know, he had a Willis McGahee. So he didn't need to think about what the running backs do. His running back is a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes, he's coordinated a very high potent uh, flying offense for the air. But, you know, it just Buffalo seemed lost. 
Buffalo, again, defensively, all pro Matt Milano had to make one of the greatest saves to, to, you know, keep a touchdown from, from being scored, you know, and I, you know, credit to him, obviously, if he had, uh, when I look at that play and I see that they've allowed Jamar Chase to get behind Matt Milano, I'm like, why are you trying to shade your best attacking, uh, you know, pressure linebacker against this guy? Why are you not bracket coveraging him over the top? Mm. I still don't think Buffalo has a secondary. I still, after Buffalo showed us in the Minnesota Vikings game, how many points they were going to give up. I still do not believe that. And, you know, this this reminds me of old school Peyton Manning's teams, you know, where they had a great pass rush, but they had to go out there and be up by two scores to let those guys pin their ear back and go back and get the quarterback. Mm. Um, and you are 100% right. There is no reason that three backup offensive linemen should be keeping Joe Burrow completely clean in mm. a snowy game in Buffalo. I, I just I, – I, That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's, the, the, it's concerning to me when the chips are down you know, and they're not gonna let Josh Allen take any blame for this. But at some point, you know, you have to understand that you need to start feeding the ball to your uh, slot receivers to make up for the run game that you don't have. New England did this all the time. They used to put James White out on the corner, Shane Vereen out on the corner, and they used to toss short passes out to them to mimic the run game, mimic the stretch play, just get the ball moving into the hands of a fast guy a little bit inside of the defense and keep it moving. And that was, that's what they used to do with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary went off the last six games of the season for mm. Buffalo last year under Brian Dable coordinating them better. If they don't have a decent run game coordinator because they they went and spent the money on a running back, they tried to bring in uh, the uh, the scat back from Washington, uh, didn't get a chance to go get him. So they drafted James Cook. They bring in Naheem Hines. You know, these guys are spark plugs, but you're just not coordinating them. Or maybe Josh don't like to throw to them. I don't know. I don't know. But this is this is a major letdown, and there's a lot of blame to be shared because this is not I'm, – I'm with Stefan Diggs. I watched Josh Allen throw it a, a ball to Stefan Diggs in the dirt, and Stefan got up immediately and was like, keep those up. I yeah. need yak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need yak. Keep those passes up. Stefan Biggs. Stefan Diggs is yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline like he used to yell at Kirk Cousins. So <laughs> I know that the problem is not Stefan. I know the problem is not Stefan Diggs. He came to play. I was gonna say you don't do you, th- do you do you don't think Stefan was wrong for doing that yelling? At him? And I don't what, think so. I think he's what, trying to fire what, his guy up. What's your, what's your take quickly um, on him leaving the arena early before everyone was getting, trying to get out of there? But we'll go back to the game in one second. Yeah. But eventually, you, you bring um, up Diggs and maybe think about that. I don't think he's in the wrong. Personally, I think he's frustrated because they've been here before. Stefan Diggs is not trying to lose to these guys, and Stefan Diggs has probably Stefan Diggs has probably been a good little foot soldier, not getting the target share that he deserves over the last three weeks not being targeted. Uh, he, he got 10 targets in this game. He the most by any he, got, he got 10 targets because they were behind. The games that they're winning, they start throwing the ball to suspect Gabriel Davis. I don't know if the Bill, I don't know if the Bills have a wide receiver too. Because you brought back the two guys who you started over Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis couldn't break through on the offense over Cole Beasley and John Brown and they brought those guys back. John Brown, I think and Cole Beasley both scored touchdowns over the last three weeks. Like, what's Gabriel Davis's excuse? You know, like he's just, and then they paid him. Like, I don't know if he has the coaches, the head coach's eye. It was all, it was off that Casey game from last year where he went off like three scores against a team that had no defense. That was another no defense game that got somebody paid. Like, he ain't him. 
Stefan Diggs is him, and Stefan Diggs should be fed 15 to 20 targets in a game like this. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. So, you know, I've you know, plenty of blame uh, to go around. Plenty what, of blame. What, to go what do the Bills need to really kind of get over the hump? Because this is now, what, three years in a row, um, the Bills have really just come up short, you know, in the divisional round. And it seems to me, it's like they're just missing. Like, to me, again, is, is what plays a part is obviously not having Von Miller out there, being able to, to rush that QB, getting, getting after Joe Burrow. Um, but I also think they need a run game. They need a solid number one running back, and which I don't believe they have in Devin Singletary at the current time. I know they drafted James Cook. He's a rookie. So he didn't really, you know, wasn't really effective this year right, much at all. Right, right. But is he going to be that guy for them? I don't know. Um, but man, it, I, I'm just not sure what, what do the bill, what can the bills do differently to kind of uh, ascend in the, in the tops of the AFC? I think it's going to be coaching and honestly for the money that's been spent on the offensive side you can only bring in two more guys i would say bring in an offensive lineman mm -hmm. and bring in a true wide receiver too if you know uh khalil shakir doesn't come around isaiah mckenzie doesn't come around right obviously these guys still need time it seems mm -hmm. like gabriel mm -hmm. davis took a lot of time so i don't know if they're just the system is not bringing them up because Stefan Diggs is getting older right you know i, I love where he's at right now 27 28 years old in a couple of years, he might be hitting. He might be hitting a little different of stride. Um, bring in a run game coordinator. I would say if you can go get a guy like Deuce Staley, who's unhappy with the positions that he's had in the past because he wants to be a head coach. Maybe he doesn't get another head catching opportunity. Give him as much reign over the running back room as possible because he did great work in uh, in Detroit mm -hmm. with. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, who broke Barry Sanders touchdown record this year. Right. Mm -hmm. So he, obviously you get a guy who knows how to work with them and get them better, bring them up. Eric B would be a one, but he needs to be a head coach somewhere. Um, yeah. And then the next money you spend is on the defense. Shut down corner on the outside, take mm -hmm. away, take away a, a quarter of the field, make it easier on the rest of your guys. If you have to pay a shutdown corner, you pay and bring one in. But, you know, I think those are the, the four additions, a run game coordinator, a solid wide receiver two, an offensive lineman, and a shutdown corner. Mm. Von Miller comes back, him and all pro Matt Milano. You all, listen, it's like a pimp name slip back or a tribe call quest. You say the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think they take another crack at this. Yeah. Oh, quickly on the other side, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. He's, he seems to be that dude, man. I mean, he's looking like... I don't even like him, and he's just... He's doing it. I'm sorry. No, he's doing it. I don't I, like him. I, he's doing it. Honestly, when the late, great Stuart Scott said, as cool as the other side of the pillow, I think he was referring to Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow wasn't even around then, okay? This is what he meant. This dude is cool as a cucumber, as, as people would say. He is out there no matter where he is, what a condition the weather is. You said it was he snowing. Just, you said it was snowing outside. It might have been snowing in Buffalo, but the ice was in Joe Burrow's veins. Got him. Fire. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just raining down on him. Like it didn't matter, bro. It really honestly did yeah. not matter. Joe Burrow just stepped up and did what he needed to do. And he seems to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league and will be for quite some time. You know what yeah. I mean? They gotta stop making it easy for him. Like again, but he is he is stacked with talent, right? He is his his number two wide receiver 
could be a number one on at least 20 rosters in T mm-hmm. Higgins. He's got Hayden Hurst out here catching touchdowns at will in a position, in a role that CJ Uzoma used to score touchdowns in. So they know they got work there. Uh, then you look at Jamar Chase, no questions asked as advertised, right? Your running back is at least one of the top 10 running backs in the league. If mm-hmm. not top five, the ways he plays, he could pop off for five touchdowns. And then the guy backing him up, his old uh, roommate from Oklahoma, also another stud that can get that tote the rock. I mean, mm-hmm. it is that, and they got another kid like Steve Irwin, you know, so, a, a little scrappy uh, lunch pail kid who, who's been catching balls left and right. Like they could Trent, you mean Trent Irwin? Trent Irwin. Trent Irwin. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. God, I'm American <laughs> to the crocodile guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, they're yeah. deep, man. They're deep. And he knows yeah. how to use all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow, I think during the game where he's like, I'm him. I'm him. Yeah, you are, bro. You are. You are facts. Um, let's keep it going, Obed. Uh, last matchup we wanted to recap was the San Francisco Niners beating up on the Dallas Cowboys, winning that game 19 to 12. It was a close game, but yet it wasn't close. I got, I got uh, all the hot takes for you. I got all the hot takes for oh, you. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. I'm yeah. ready for it. I'm, these these Cowboys fans have nothing else to say. Another disappointing year, 27 years in a row for the Dallas Cowboys, just getting shut down once again, not making it to another NFC Championship game. Um, once again, for all those fans talking crap every – that's all it is, just 27 years. You know we're going to the Super Bowl, right? You know we're going to the Super Bowl, right? And guess what? You haven't been to an NFC Championship game in one of those twenty last twenty seven years. So they're getting they're getting close every year. They're getting a little closer. This, uh, you the know, second round of the playoffs. They had the first round of the playoffs exit last time. Now the second round of the playoffs. This, they've won two playoff games um, in like twelve years or fifteen, whatever, whatever. It they've, is. they've won two playoff games in three years. When you change the when you change the statistics, you change the narrative. And you change mm-hmm. the 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 society society has decided that they're gonna n- not think about analysis, not look at the parameters of the game, and they're just gonna talk about the the Cowboys. Take away, it's, it's, t- we're gonna we're gonna talk about Team A and Team B. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say Team A and Team B. Team A oh, mm-hmm. lost their left tackle and their stud running back. Team A the week prior was playing an offensive lineman in the backfield to give extra time because the offensive line was so hurt to the quarterback in order for them to make plays. And they came out and made plays and won. Mm-hmm. Team A, Team A's quarterback threw two interceptions that, in my opinion, because they were so early in the game, had no bearing on the outcome of the game. If Team A doesn't lose those two players, I think you see a completely different game because Team A's defense kept the game tight. All I heard was how Team B was going to come in here and do this and do that, and Team mm-hmm. B didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Team B, Team B actually got, uh, in my estimation, uh, one of the hardest games that they had because Team B's young quarterback was throwing touchdowns left and right, averaging like 400 yards and four touchdowns a game, and came out here to the tune of 214 yards and zero touchdowns. Stymied their Team B's run game was stymied. They usually come out here and get 200 yards on the ground. They only got 100, right? Mm-hmm. And. I have to imagine that if Dallas had, excuse me, if Team A has their stud running back in Tony Pollard, they probably have an extra 50 to 100 yards receiving and probably an extra 35 to 45 yards on the ground, which maybe this is an overtime game between Team A and Team B, right? Maybe, maybe this game goes a little farther than it did when, you know, you only lose by seven to a team that was blowing guys out by two scores. So, yeah. 
Team A and Team B had one of the best games because it was a low-scoring game. These teams played great defense. It was a back-and-forth affair. Everybody was trying to make a play. Everybody was trying to play their best. Outside of Team A's quarterback having those two interceptions, he still tried to play an effective game and didn't make any more mistakes. He rebounded very well and put them in a position to have a chance to try to tie this game up, if not go for the win. Um now, when you then tell people it was team A was the Cowboys, you're like, oh, of course the Cowboys lost. They stunk. Again, mm-hmm. change the narrative. No, yeah. they, change the they, narrative. they didn't stink at all. Like, like you just said, the, the Dallas Cowboy defense showed up and balled out for 100%. That Dallas Cowboy defense is for sure one of the yeah. best in the league. Right up there with the San Francisco 49ers defense is probably the best defense in, in the National Football League. Um, Michael Parsons showed up. Demarcus Lawrence showed up. They did exactly what they needed to do 100%. But your boy Dak Prescott, the only two interceptions, you know, this is, he's, right. you know, he, right. he has thrown at least one interception in 11 out of 14 games he's played in. He Got to clean that up. You know, he has up. what, 17 interceptions on the year, uh, yeah. I believe, including the playoffs. You don't know? tell, don't tell Brett Favre. He might steal some money from black folks and then say, you're going to get a bunch of interceptions if you got to throw all the time. <laughs> <laughs> got him. But uh, I mean, the 49ers did enough, you know, Brock Purdy didn't have a spectacular game, didn't even right. score at all. Right. But he he played well enough for them to win the game. It didn't make any mistakes, didn't turn the ball over. Right. That's the difference right there. You know, you have a guy, you have a rookie, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback. You have a veteran in Dak Prescott. Yeah. Who played a more efficient game? Yeah, Brock Purdy, even though it's against the defenses. These guys don't line up and play quarterback versus quarterback. Well, I mean, no, it looks they, like they, they play do not. When, when you got not. Zeke, when you got Zeke snapping the ball, I think it <laughs> just as a setup, as a setup. Yeah, that was, that was, that was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I know they, they, it was football. basically, they were trying to, like, I think they were trying to do is, you know, just have somebody snap the ball, throw yeah. it out to the outs, you know, throw it to one right. receiver, let him lateral it back. And then you have a bunch of blockers left and right to kind of right, do what right, they right, do. Right. So I they get the kind of offensive line and set up. Right. I get they were trying to do but it just they didn't they didn't figure it out the, the right way to do it that's all it was right. but i digress um like i said this cowboys team dak prescott it starts with him he's the quarterback he's the leader of that squad yeah. having two interceptions is not a good look the first no, um, no, one, no. one of the one of the ones he threw it right into almost double to double coverage um yeah. the, uh, the receiver was coming back almost was on a comeback route and he just threw it late he yeah. was sitting there in the pocket you know Making his hop steps, stayed there for five of them, and threw it late. Happy feet, happy feet. Yeah, yeah. you got to, you got to, you got to get the rock out, dude. Yeah. Um, and like so I said, then, bro- who do we blame for this? Who do we blame for this? This, uh, this debacle? Then you know, like again, I said, if it's you, in the last three years, you played two playoff games, but where, yeah, where do you it's, put blame? It's, it's, I think it's just all around. I mean, okay. you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily say it's on Dak Prescott the entire entire thing. I'm not going to say it's on Mike McCarthy as the head coach or mm-hmm. Kellen Moore. I think it's a collective thing between all of them. I think it's on Dak. I think it's on McCarthy. And I think it's on Kellen Moore as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Tony Pollard going down and getting hurt. Obviously, that didn't help them, of course. He broke his I, I think he was going to be the game plan. I think he was the game plan for the game and him leaving. Then you gotta you have to be able to adjust. You have to yeah. you have to know. Hey, if if something goes wrong, this is your backup plan. You got to have a plan B in the NFL. You can't yeah. just stick with Plan A. That's what, that's that's what my thing with the Buffalo Bills were. They were they stuck with Plan A the entire time. Right. That's what lost them the game. Right. Same thing with the Dallas. Yep. Yeah. Same thing the Dallas Cowboys. It's like, oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Right. No, you weren't. No, um, right. Like I said, San Francisco. I mean, I picked San Francisco when they they were. The, I think they were the favorites to win the game because of that defense. Um, but again, Cowboys coming up short once again. Can't figure out ways to get it done. Um, and you have to look at it, wondering, you know, I think 
can they win a title with Dak Prescott? I got to ask the question. I mean, I, and, and the answer is for me, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It possibly depends upon the situation. Maybe the new offensive coordinator running a different type of scheme. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to bring in Kellen Moore to be their head coach anymore after the game script of how that game ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if they, if they think that that's a blemish. Um, I think I have to agree with you. I don't know. I don't know if he can win a title with Dak. I think Dak right. has shown himself to be a quarterback who needs help around him. Mm-hmm. And arguably he has some of the least help when you lose your left tackle and your stud running back, because then it's CD lamb. Hey, 10 for 117 CD showed up, you know, uh, they got Dalton Schultz in the end zone. It's usually what he's good there for. He, he plays the, uh, um, what's that uh, tight ends lame. Just the, 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 the money shot. The guy who used to play with uh, Tony, Tony, no, Tony Romo oh, is the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, number 88 uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, right. I forgot. Him. He, he's Jason a terrible Witten. Jason, Jason Witten. Witten. He's playing the Witten role. The Witten, Witten, Smitten role where they just make a bunch of points in the end zone from that from the tight end. Um, but outside of that, I mean, who else do you have? You know, T.Y. Hilton is probably the second best wide receiver on that team right now because Michael Gallup has disappeared. But they don't give him the ball, though. Well, they would have, they, they, he's an old man. You can't be giving him the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was making plays, but they, they didn't. Yeah, give him but I'm the saying ball. you can give him, if he's making plays, so why not give him yeah. the ball? But I mean, I don't know, man. Dallas, is they're just doing it once again, you know. Um, and I'm, do you think Ezekiel Elliott will be back next year? If he takes a team friendly contract, yes. You know, I mean, do we, do you feel like Tony Pollard comes back post surgery? Uh, and is the lead running back for the Dallas Cowboys. That's the thing. I think that's going to depend upon his rehab. I think they want Tony Pollard to be the lead back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he probably should be at this point. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel has that contract. Somebody has to take a, you know, you know, take a hit. Somebody has to pick up the deal. Where does he go? I don't know. But I'm not sure. Like Zeke, ever since he got that money, man, he's like I, I've said it before on this show. He he has digressed in, in his you know on the field. I, I mean, say. it's 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 plain as day. I mean, he's averaging two yards a carry through the postseason. Like he's either playing injured or can't take the beating anymore. And and listen, this is what happens. We don't question what uh, Emmett Smith looked like when he left for the Arizona Cardinals. He had played his career out and had been weathered down from taking thirty carries a game. Mm-hmm. Zeke is no mm-hmm. different. That's what happens to running backs. They don't last seven, eight years because you run them into the ground, especially with the kind of ground and pound offense that we were used to with Jason Garrett and limited throwing from Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I mean, it'd be nice if they had multiple running backs like the 49ers where they've got Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell. And uh, yeah. uh, they also have, um, they just drafted a guy. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. Mason mason something um jordan mason jordan, jordan mason. mason jordan, jordan mason. mason they just drafted you know um they had jeff wilson before they traded him you know so you know i i i always feel like when you've got a system like a zone running scheme that is run by kyle shanahan you know you're super successful because you have great running backs you have great defense um you know uh, yeah especially the defensive side um i'm, I'm wondering let me ask you this last one last question before we roll on are the 49ers more successful because of their defense or is it because the efficient, you know, even keeled play of their quarterback, Brock Purdy? So I'm going to say this and I'm going to, I'm going to immediately go and say anybody who Sherman, you and I have watched football for a very long time. You far longer than me. If you're old enough to remember watching 
Mike Shanahan win football games with Gus Ferrat, mm. you need to get off of Brock Birdie's because the Mike Shanahan system handed down to his son is the zone blocking scheme system. It is QB agnostic. RG3 looked good in it. Kirk Cousins looked good in it. Uh, of late, Matt Stafford looked good in it. Uh, back in uh, the Atlanta days, uh, Matt Ryan looked good in it, right? It it doesn't matter who the quarterback is as long as you can deliver the ball effectively. People don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. My counter to them is that Jimmy Garoppolo has always looked good in the system because he understands the system. When you get a quarterback who understands the zone blocking scheme system, understands the checks, understands the call, runs, can deliver the ball where it needs to be, that quarterback takes off. And it's happened every single time that Kyle Shanahan has had the ability to have a quarterback who understands the Shanahan system. He is too young too new, too green, not enough tape, hasn't gotten his second year yet to be crowning Brock Purdy for anything. Mm-hmm. The Niners are successful because of the defense and the quarterback who is smart with the ball. Quarterback is agnostic. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If Trey Lance comes in and runs this well and doesn't, this is why we were like, oh, we don't need Trey Lance. Jimmy G's back. Right. Jimmy was good with the ball. Jimmy knew the checks. Jimmy knew the plays. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is, making, is not making poor throws like he makes but it's still an agnostic system to the quarterback. So who's the starter in San Francisco next year? Brock Purdy. I think you immediately, you have you have a get-out-of-jail-free card because he's so cheap. You drafted him last year. You have him on a rookie deal. He didn't cost you a bunch of picks. You can probably shine up a piece of in Trey Lance and sell him off to somebody looking for a running quarterback from a team, from a, a football school in North Dakota State that has not given us quality quarterback talent. If you think... Drafting one of those guys after what we saw with Carson Wentz was a good idea. You deserve to be fired. Mm-hmm. This is this is an easy jail, get out of jail free card. Just give it to Brock Purdy. Any any do they keep Jimmy G as the backup? No, Jimmy G's gone. Jimmy G's only there out of out of just the calamity of the position. They didn't want him. They'd already so, made separation. So with you him. keep Brock Purdy and you and you let you trade Lance trade him off and you Straight let Jimmy, up. G, Jimmy G go. Straight up, you okay. and then you go and get it. You get another backup. Because we're looking at Brock Purdy. He's an NCAA, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, record-breaking, record-making quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he didn't play at the biggest school, but yeah, people I, are showing highlights of him against mm-hmm. I, against Ohio, uh, Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma going against Jalen Hurts, Jill Hurts mm-hmm. lighting it up. Like, and looking at the way he played, like my, from going and talking to draft nuts and people who follow this, they're like, no, Brock Purdy should have been a, a day one guy, maybe a day two guy uh, with a lot of draft capital because he's just break, he slings it. He just slings it. Right. And so to think that you're not going to give him a chance after he's looked this good, the team has so much more confidence than mm-hmm. I've seen them play with Trey or Jimmy. Like Jimmy was like, oh, we, it, they call, they used to call him Himmy, right? It's, it's Himmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo. They don't need to say that about Brock. Brock just out here slinging. Brock mm-hmm. doesn't need bravado. Brock isn't getting teared down in the media for making bad plays. Brock just plays. Remember, he's Mr. Relevant. So there's no way there was no expectation for him. You know, that's it's interesting key. how quarterbacks play when they're when you get to sit and watch and not have the world thrown on you. And mm-hmm. then when you get your chance, you come out here and making plays and like, oh man, how did you guys found a diamond in the rough? No, I got a chance to work with this kid and and raise him up the right way. The yeah. way they used to, the way that Mike, that Kyle Shanahan's dad used to with quarterbacks, so that as soon as they hit the turf, you are amazed at what they're doing, yeah. and that's all it is. It's the, yeah. that the defense is going to keep you in every single game. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of the recent coaching changes, Obed, quickly uh, before we get into our last set of topics here. Um, your boy Bill O'Brien is going back to your New England Patriots. 
as their offensive coordinator. Um, Carolina hired Frank Reich as their head coach. Nathaniel Hackett is going to go be the OC in, 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 for the New York Jets. What's your overall take on any, any of these? I'm sure you have a take on the uh, Patriots situation, of course, because that's your squad. What do you yeah. think about what do you think about Bill O'Brien returning there? Um, where did Bill O'Brien coach last year and the year before that and the year before that? Alabama. Who was his quarterback that he worked with when he was there? Uh, Bryce Young. It, well, I mean, he did also work with McCorkle Jones. So if he brings oh, Alabama yeah, before, before Bryce Young, right? Yes, yes, if he sorry. brings Alabama place and Alabama calls to a quarterback who already knows the Alabama system, <laughs> Mac Jones. Yep. Careful, guys. Careful. And and listen, they don't need studs. They just need guys who know the system. And then that will attract studs, right? Lament, I, I could, be, I'd be surprised if they don't try to go get some Alabama pieces to add to the game, add to the team for the for the Patriots, and come out here and try to run some some RPO, you know, spread option stuff that these guys are used to and can run effectively. So I think it's a good hire. Bill O'Brien is still a piece, of <laughs> um, but I think you know. Again, this is the only way the Patriots do it. They don't hire and bring in new guys. They just bring back the retreads. You know, they love to they love to go through their their Rolodex and bring up their exes. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's a good hire all overall. Mm. Um, now I want to talk about the New York hire of Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. As well as uh, Mike Lafleur moving over to uh, to the Rams with Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. The the Shanahan clones are incestually combining their powers to try to listen people don't understand the shanahan system is being permutated all over the league right all these guys are trying to do zone blocking scheme all these guys are trying to and what happens mike shanahan kyle shanahan the actual heir to the throne beats them this is why kyle shanahan has this great record against the rams right why mcveigh can never beat him because you are not going to take the tablets he brought down from mount mile high and decreed what is zone blocking for the Shanahan house of arms uh, and beat them at their own game. Um, Nathaniel Hackett is probably a ploy to it is hundred percent a ploy to bring Aaron Rodgers to the jets. Uh, mm. Joe Namath has come out and said, you can unretire my 12 if you want to give it to him. Oh, you know? nice. Yes. You know, nice. Um, but I think it's all just stickulation. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to return to the Packers. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting in Carolina hiring Frank Wright. Did you know that Frank Wright threw the first touchdown pass in Carolina football history? I didn't know that. I couldn't think all the way back to 1995 or 1996 or whenever it was. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's amazing. Glad, glad he landed. I think he probably deserved an opportunity to continue being a head coach somewhere. I think he's coordinated some good teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Things just kind of went sour for him in Indianapolis uh, with his running back getting injured and his inability to find a quarterback to, to uh, take the place of uh, uh, Andrew Luck. Um, I think it's a good hire, you know. Carolina ain't got much else going for him. So you might as well try finding an established head coach to take mm. over this ship. Uh, but they, they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the awards finalists have been announced for this year, the MVP trophy coach of the year and things like that. Wanted to get you, get your picks maybe for a couple of the, couple of the awards. Again, let's, we can just start quickly. Like, like, like the MVP, um, mm-hmm. Candidates are obviously the court, mostly quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Holmes, and even Justin Jefferson, uh, which deservedly so. Deservedly so for JJ. Um, uh, I think it's going to be Mahomes. 
if Jalen Hurts doesn't miss those couple games, I think he probably gets it, and especially to get those couple, especially to get those wins. And right. I said they only win, lose one game this year, right. so I think MVP wise, I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes, Offensive Player of the Year. It's either Hurts, Jefferson, or Mahomes. I think Justin Jefferson gets that, um, kind of like how Cooper Cup got it last year, number right. one receiver. Right. right. Defensive Player of the Year, I'll go with uh, Nick Bosa okay. over over Micah Parsons, okay. and for Comeback Player of the Year, Geno Smith. I actually said Geno Smith earlier in the year. Let's go. Comeback player of the year. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Right. I'm pretty sure I said that like halfway through the season, even earlier in the year. Right. He's the number six scoring player in fantasy football, all of fantasy football this past year. Geno Smith, they wrote him off and he didn't write back. Mm. Coldest line I've ever heard. He <laughs> and don't. he was and he knew don't. what he was saying when he said it. He was like, "Yo, I can play this game with these folks. It ain't it ain't nothing." And I I'm a hundred percent behind everything you said. I'm gonna throw out for a, a defensive rookie of the year, mm-hmm. uh, Tariq Woolen. I think is his name. Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks. Yeah, Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks. I mean, just shut down corner in the making. Shut down corner in the making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent behind it. I loved what I saw out of his play. Um, Offensive rookie of the year, I feel like it could have been Purdy if Purdy played more. He didn't he didn't play enough games. He, I don't he think. played like six games. We can't even don't even bring up his name. I was yeah, the, the disrespect um, to bring up his name. That's Kenneth Walker's award. Let's not even so? start with Brock yeah. Purdy. They love to give it to quarterbacks. Brock Purdy ain't played enough games to yeah. even count for uh, to me. It's either Kenneth Walker or Garrett Wilson out of New York. Um yeah. and look, 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 look in New York. We got two stud rookies on the offense. Get Garrett Wilson offensive. Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner on the defense. Oh shit, he's honored. Forgot about yeah, him. They, they're yeah. they're both nominated for, the, for yeah. rookies of the year. Um, but a coach of the year, like it's gonna be Brian Dable of the Giants. They already gave it to him. Yeah, they already they already gave it to him. Yeah, they already ordered it. Yeah. Oh, wow. it's his. It's his. Yeah. No, I, I was from, <laughs> no. from Jump Street. Yeah, and I think I think you called that one. I think you called yeah. that one early, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I completely agree with you. I think what he's doing from where they started to mm-hmm. where they got to, to from from Jason Garrett to Brian Dable not a playoff team, not even a, a, a real coordinated well team to a playoff team in the second round. You gotta, you gotta tip your hat to that one. Yeah, That's a good job. Sure. That's a good for job. Sure. I did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's talk about the a- the AFC and NFC championship conference games that will be happening later today. Old bed before we get out of mm-hmm. here um, quickly. First up AFC Cincinnati at Kansas city. Um, first of all, I'm going to pick Kansas city to win it, It, but it does depend on how Mahomes ankle slash knee holds up. Mm-hmm. If he's hobbled by that injury and has to come out, let's say, or let's say it gets rolled up on you know again mm-hmm. during the game, mm-hmm. that's going to be play a major, major part, obviously. And Joe Burrow will for sure take advantage of that. Um, and because if the Chiefs can't put up points, you know the Bengals can. Um, so that's my whole thing with this. If Mahomes is out there the entire game. Um, even though it's in Arrowhead, aka the Bengals, the Bengals are claiming it's Burrowhead. Even the, the uh, disrespect. This they, you know, they are straight up hating on the Chiefs right now in Cincinnati. Right. The the uh, I don't you know, play that game. I don't. Okay. I don't play the talk game. I don't. Did you, did I don't you think, see? Yeah. Like, it was the I don't know if it was the mayor or whoever it was saying that they should get a paternity test for Mahomes because Joe Burrow might be his daddy. Yo, it's out of control. Plata yes. or Plomo, give them lead. Give Yo. them lead because you can't listen. I don't know when this started. Like I watched a like a like not a, I don't know if it was AAU, but it was like a little kids basketball game. The kids are making shots and doing LeBron James too small, bat beating their chest, pointing at people. You are educating your kids to talk. Those kids are always going to lose. Those kids mm-hmm. are because people who talk lose. 
watch yourself play the game with like with respect for your competitor and this is letting the chiefs off the hook because the chiefs are playing fucking ring around the rosy against mm-hmm. the raiders right this is letting them off the hook because these guys are starting with the disrespect before you've even gotten to the game mm. hey yo give them lead yo give them the, i can only imagine what has gonna happen if the chiefs come out and put up like 20 points in the first quarter mm-hmm. you know what i mean and just mm-hmm. go like 35 to 7 at the halftime mm-hmm. at halftime oh mm-hmm. my goodness and then i can't i can't wait i please please talk shit on the field to them Please make sure that the cameras see you talking on the field to them, because mm. the the one thing that I will say New England always did was showed respect for their opponent. They didn't put bulletin board material out there. Say what you want in the in the in, in the locker room, right? But this is a man's game, men against men. You don't talk like that to another man who's worked that hard to to match you in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's they're just. They don't. They, I think they forgot who Patrick Mahomes is, man. I don't, I, I don't know what, what's wrong with these dudes in Cincinnati, but. But I digress. Um, Joe Burrow will still have a solid game. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs 100%. I think the Chiefs are going to win by at least 10 points. Um, mm. And I, I just, you know, who, how do you how you talk to somebody who is on his fifth AFC championship game? In a row. Fifth in a row. <laughs> are you guys yeah, outside? That, that, like, y'all, don't, y'all never seen Patrick Mahomes before. Like, just because, I, I okay, you won three, you match, it's run games in a row against the Chiefs. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I get it. You have yeah. the upper hand, if you will, kind of have their number. That don't mean you're going to win every game. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Every game is 0-0. Zero, zero. Do, you know? do not confuse what these guys are capable of. The second you, you begin to underestimate your enemy, there's a minute you lose. Yeah, and hey, if the Bengals come out and win this game, yo, then hey, credit they have their yeah, credit. Go, go, very go rarely do you get away with talking winning go very yeah. go, go, go good luck to you, you yeah. do it. um the nfc matchup san francisco at philadelphia um man i feel like this one is going to be really good def- a defensive matchup philly's no joke on the defense either you know when they added linval joseph and they added in dom consular later right. or in, in the season that helped out a lot for sure and they still got brandon graham still there from the super bowl run they had a few right. years yeah. back mm-hmm. um these are two, I think, evenly matched teams. I think, obviously, Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy being his rookie year. Um, you've got solid running backs, Miles Sanders, Christian yeah, McCaffrey. That, that kid, Jordan Davis, on the defense uh, for the Eagles is, is like that, especially for mm, a rookie. You know, um, you've got sort of receivers, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. I think this is uh, – uh, on paper, this is going to be – I think this is going to be a, a shootout, if not me. I'm – Oh, man, I I want to say Philadelphia because they're at home, but honestly, I think I'm going to go San Fran just because of the defensive side. I think Nick Bosa is going to play a huge part in this one for the Niners, and I'm going to go San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to go San Francisco 31, Philadelphia 24. I could see that. I could see a win a win by a touchdown. I uh, I you know I try to look back and see hey how has the Shanahan system fared against uh, the Andy Reid system because that's basically what we're seeing here: Mike versus Mike's disciple versus Andy's disciple. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're generally very well coordinated, good in the run game, good in the pass game, play great defense. Sign mm-hmm. of those, the sign of those, those two architectural teams. San Fran just is San Fran. This is the first time Philly has met a challenge. Because when they look across the field, it, they are the exact same team. They just have better pieces in certain areas, but the X factor is Jalen Hurts. 
I don't think a Jalen Hurts exists on the San Francisco 49ers side. No. And there's no Jalen Hurts on most sides in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what he's capable of when he decides to run, when he decides to pick out who's open, what that arm looks like going into this game. We'll see those those linebackers are definitely waiting for him to come through the hole. I know that much. So we'll see how. Oh yeah, Fred Warner the and them dudes. Right. They're gonna yeah for sure. Want to sure. see? Want to see what what uh what Jalen Hurts is looking like when he takes off to run against those guys up the middle? But you know the and the linebackers cover the tight ends very well. So Dallas Goddard might not have a game. You know uh, this is a team in the in the uh in the Niners that on the other side can go very deep. The Eagles could cover Debo. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Brock Purdy will throw 150 yards and two touchdowns to Juwan Jennings. Mm. You know, it's, it's, this is going to be a cat's cat and mouse game. I, it, there's a chance this game's going to be better than the Super Bowl because mm. I just, whoever comes out of this side has the defense. They have the defense. And if there's a slip up on the offensive line on the other side, you're going to have problems. Mm. Kayvon Greenlaw. You know, these guys are, 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 they are hunters, hunters stacked Dude, this, all the way. This Niners defense is right. no, oh, there's no easy, there's not going to be any easy plays. And Nick Bosa is healthy. This is the Nick Bosa that we've been waiting to put in mm. this position. Like, mm. I think, I think people have it twisted. The reason that Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the game, one is because he doesn't have a cancerous tumor killing him while he's playing. Thanks, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, he's himself has said, I practice every day against the best defensive player in the league. Nick Bosa. Mm. If you go out there and you sharpen your tools against a guy like Nick Bosa, you could play against anybody. This is going to be the game. This is going to be the game of the year. Yeah, it's for gonna, me, it's I'm, gonna be I'm, I'm, I'm excited to actually really watch this game. Even, yeah. even the other one game with Burrow and Mahomes. But yeah, right. but, but even until it's both sides of the ball in San Francisco yeah. and Philly. That's why it's so going to be so exciting. Right, right, um, right. So wh- what's your pick? San, San Fran or oh, Philly? Oh, San Fran, San Fran 31-34 to Philly's 27. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. All right, we'll see what happens there, Obed. Um, well, folks, that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Appreciate you joining in once again. Obed, any last words for the people before we roll out of here? You know what? Start thinking about how you're going to spend time with your loved ones after football's over. You know, we're getting more days now. Try to think about all these Sundays that you missed. Listen, I'm still grinding, dog. I've already seen average draft position for 2023 fantasy uh, football drafts. <laughs> the, the hustle don't sleep. I got me a couple of trophies that we just talked about all the, the uh, players of the year for the yeah. MVP awards and all that stuff. I had like three of those guys on one team. Do not Oof. sleep. All we do is eat. We Yo, still here. Get but putting again, in that work. Put in that work. All I do is work. But again, think about those people in your life that you haven't seen consistently and haven't spent time with on the Sundays and the Saturdays and the Thursday nights. Try to plan some things around them because you know when the season coming back, we back on the grind. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. Take that, take that, take that. <laughs> Folks, don't forget to check us on Twitter at the WWENT for Obed. I am Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.